1: Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News, episode 355 on Now You Know. And thank you to our sponsor, Moomoo. I'm so excited to share with you Moomoo's incredible industrial chain feature that I absolutely love. So for those of you who follow us, we talk a lot about Tesla and Moomoo's industrial chain provides a wealth of information related to the electric vehicle industry. Just click on the markets tab and you'll find over 400 constituent stocks that relate to EVs, including battery materials, different modules, and of course, vehicle companies. And if you wanna stay up to date on Tesla's business data like vehicle deliveries and production, Moomoo has you covered. The best part is right now they're giving away free stocks. If you sign up using our link and deposit just $100, you will get five free stocks. And if you deposit $1,000, you'll receive not only 10 more free stocks, but also $100 cash reward that can be used as a deduction when the stock purchase order exceeds $1,000. As a special bonus for this channel, now when you deposit $5,000, you will get one full share of Tesla or Google. It means in total, you'll receive up to 16 free stocks. Use the link down in the description for more details and join Moomoo today. You can choose when to trade, but don't miss out on the big bonus. So we've been reporting on the Project Highland Model 3 refresh that could be coming very soon. Now, Teslascope, the third-party Tesla app that tracks software updates, is reporting on Twitter that the refresh will have even more features. So let's see what they're saying. Tesla is incorporating dozens of technological advancements within Highland, including, for the first time, steer-by-wire yoke and steering wheels. Other additions include matrix LEDs on all trims and redesigned RGB ambient lights, providing a more modern feel for all passengers. Whoa, hold on there. You said steer-by-wire. I mean, we just reported on Tesla's patent last week, and you said that you didn't think that we'd see steer-by-wire in Tesla for at least three years. I was going to stand by my thinking on that, but then I had a revelation, and I think it's a big deal, and I think we should talk about it on Disruptive Investing this week, because it's going to take a bit. Okay. But what's this about Matrix LEDs? Is this we're going to enter Neo's world here? What's going on? Uh, No, this is... This is no, no, it's not that. No, it's uh, just kind of the latest uh, headlight technology. So, matrix LEDs means that you have multiple LEDs in the headlight and you can shut them off and turn them on. Uh, oh, to great. Kinda, so, I have to think about that. As no, I'm no, driving? no, it's going to automatically do that. So, you know, obviously, that if you're driving, you should shut off your high beams so you don't blind people. Mm-hmm. With matrix LEDs, it'll be able to shut off certain sections around you. So, that way, let's say that you're following behind someone, it'll have high beams, no high beams, high beams. Beams So that way oh. it kind of shines around the car. So it is like the Matrix. No, not that it wasn't in the Matrix. Or if you have like an oncoming car, it'll kind of shut off those headlights as the car is oncoming. Um, that's the idea. It's a Matrix of LEDs. It doesn't have anything to do with, you know, computers or... The 90s. There are computers Sky in now. there. Um, what is this about the RGB interior lighting, though? So like in my car, for instance, there's ambient lighting. Mm-hmm. And right now it's just white LEDs. So, you you know, you kind of have some, some light around you so you can see what you're doing. I think now they're going to replace that with some RGB. Disco. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think they're going to have it probably be... You know, that you can choose whatever color you want. So, like, you want a purple, you want a red, you want a blue. Yeah, but maybe you can link it to the music. Green. Oomf, oomf, it oomf, should oomf. do that. I would hope that it could do that. <laughs> but there's more. Tesla Scope says when Highland is in full production, all delivered vehicles will have Tesla AI's latest and greatest autopilot computer, Hardware 4. The Model 3 is the only vehicle not delivering with Hardware 4. However, we anticipate Tesla will start this transition before Highland. Confusing. What they mean is right now, model threes are not coming out with hardware four in them, but I guess all refreshes will. And Tesla scope goes on to say, based on those working closely on the Highland project, we've been told that Highland will not only include the upgraded cameras we've seen on hardware four equipped vehicles, but will be one of the first models to incorporate a new front fascia. Yes, that includes a new bumper camera. And we have talked about that on videos where we go out and test, right? It's super important. Right, so let's unpack this. When the Model 3 refresh begins, all new Teslas will start being delivered with hardware 4. So lots of questions abound about whether hardware 4 is necessary for true full self-driving or whether hardware 3 or 3.5 or whatever it is can cut it especially since it appears from a physical standpoint that it's nearly impossible to upgrade um, from older computers to hardware for. Right. It's a completely different form factor. Right. And so now let's talk about the new front fascia and the new bumper cameras. That's what we've been asking for. Right. Now, during our testing, we felt that in some situations, especially at sharp intersections, um, Tesla's may not be able to see well enough around the corners to make good decisions. And if this is correct, then hopefully Tesla is solving this problem with the cameras. But my question goes back to the existing fleet that doesn't have those cameras. Tesla can't really upgrade older Teslas to have these cameras. I mean, they could, but it'd be wildly expensive. And even if they could somehow upgrade the fascias, um, There aren't enough physical inputs into the older hardware. I mean, like hardware, you know, two and three, they don't have enough actual camera inputs to be able to do. I'm really concerned about this. I think that Tesla has discovered, like we have discovered, that there are certain situations, not all, but like you said, tight intersections where the cars just can't see well enough and they have to creep way out. And so I'm wondering if the new, you know, Model 3 refresh will have solved the problem and everyone will be like, great. But it's like, wait a minute, I have an old Model 3 and you told me I would have full self-driving because I paid for it. Right. And I mean, these situations where, you know, the car can't see around the corners, they're hard for humans. You kind of have to like lean your head forward into the space of your car. um, But it can't do that. The camera is literally stuck behind where your head is on the B pillar. So it can't just like crane its neck and to try and see a little bit further around the corner. It can try and You know uh, pull out a little bit but it doesn't have that uh, ability having a camera on the bumper allows it to see around the corner much more effectively than even you could please let us know down in the comments what you think tesla's going to do about all this because i Still haven't figured that out. So, I mean, the big question is, are the cars that are on the road now going to be capable of full self-driving or are they going to need these cameras? And maybe more importantly, are the people who bought full self-driving and are currently driving in these cars going to accept from Tesla or Elon that like, don't worry, um, hardware for cars might get to full self-driving first, but don't yes. worry, your cars will get there eventually. No, that's a really big question. I How is Tesla gonna get out of this? Because I feel like they are kind of admitting by putting on these bumper cameras that there is a problem and people are gonna get wise to this. And I think eventually there's gonna be a video that's gonna show the new Highland Refresh doing a side-by-side drive Mm -hmm. with an older car. And I bet there's gonna be a difference. And as soon as that day comes, older car drivers like you are gonna go, hang on, I paid for full self-driving Tesla. Now, would Tesla just offer me, hey, why don't you buy a new Tesla and we'll move up your full self-driving into that new car? That's the least they're gonna have to offer. And I still think that's not gonna be enough for most people. Mm. Let us know down below what you think. But Teslascope announced a few other changes. Uh, The new refresh will also include an upgraded speaker system. We've been told to expect minor improvements, borrowing conceptually from the newest Model S and X. Highland gains slight power efficiency boost by removing various sensors, instead utilizing GPS-based data. Early prototypes included a slimmer iteration of the Model Y HEPA filter, but is yet to be present in recent iterations. Thus, it may not be present in the release candidate. And lastly, expect seat changes that aim to improve ride comfort and in testing, reduce vibrations experienced in prior generations. Other changes have been made to provide a more comfortable experience. So hang on. I have so many questions. How do they know all this? This doesn't sound like software stuff. This sounds like someone knows someone at Tesla and I'm less prone to believe that, then for instance, when green, the only the hacker Mm. shows us stuff that's in the software, that means Tesla put that in the software and it may or may not be coming, but it's there. Mm. This implies to me that someone told them something and we've heard a lot of these rumors in the past. So I don't know if that person knows what they're talking about. But I do have all these questions. If this stuff is true, when is it coming? Obviously, mm-hmm. that's the big question. Um, and I think we have a poll on that this week. Yeah. Um, will this mean a higher price tag? Because if we're gonna have steer by wire, and by the way, I'd like to go back to that. And I know we're not gonna talk about steer by wire here. We're gonna talk about it on disruptive investing, but um, does that mean a higher price tag? Because that's not cheap. And is this just nerd bubble stuff? So what I mean is, if I were thinking about buying a Model 3 right now, I would be like, whoa, I'm not gonna buy it until the refresh comes out. Mm -hmm. But do most people out there even know what we're talking about? Most buyers nowadays seem to be in like the third tranche of early adopters and they seem to know nothing about this stuff. And they probably don't care about full self-driving capability. And all they care about really, and I don't blame them, is the acceleration, the range and the supercharging. Right. Those three things have been the main sellers of Tesla vehicles and you know, cameras and sound systems have all kind of been auxiliary to that. But I don't know. I know that our audience is is really up on their stuff. And so I think that a lot of uh, you guys would want to wait. But I think that some of you might not care. What percentage put down below in the comments do you think of Model 3 buyers are you know, nerds like us who know all this stuff and what percentage you think have no idea what we're talking about. Hmm. Let us know down below. All right. It started with India's prime minister, Narendra Modi, tweeting this last week. In USA, I will get the opportunity to meet business leaders, interact with the Indian community and meet thought leaders from different walks of life. We seek to deepen India, USA ties in key sectors like trade, commerce, innovation, technology and other such areas. And then Elon said it was an honor to meet again. Yeah, he tweeted out a great conversation with the prime minister. And so Tesla Economics says it is likely that there will be a significant investment in relationship with India and Tesla in the future. And Elon responded, true. Then, Sawyer Merritt said, breaking. Elon Musk confirmed Tesla is looking to invest in India and says he is visiting next year. Quote, we don't want to jump the gun on an announcement, but it's quite likely that there will be a significant investment in relationship in the future. And here, I want you to listen very closely. The audio in this is horrible, but listen to the last sentence he says as he's walking out the door. Very good conversation. How soon will we be in India? Um,
2: <laughs> next year, count on it.
1: Next year, count on it. What is he referring to next year? What is he visiting next year or they're going to start investing next year? So let's not forget Tesla officially incorporated in 2021 in Bangalore as an official Indian company. We saw Tesla testing their cars on Indian roads. Remember that? Also, remember that India has a 100% import tariff on vehicles that cost over $40,000 and a 60% tariff on vehicles that cost less than 40,000. This effectively keeps Tesla from importing cars into India. You cannot be competitive with 100% tariff. So does this mean that Tesla will open a gigafactory in India to get around the tariff and open up the Indian auto market for them? Well, by most accounts, the Indian auto market is the third biggest in the world. I was kind of surprised because I always called that the EU, Mm. but that's if you take Germany and France and you shove them all together. So take a look at this chart here. China has 26 million units sold in 2022. US comes in second with 13.8 million. India is in the third spot with 4.3 million. So quite a a jump jump down, but it's still the third largest market. But you might be saying, okay, but are those really automobiles? Well, let's go to what the five biggest automakers in India are. So Suzuki, Tata, Hyundai, Mahindra and Honda. So big automakers they must realize that this is a big market and it's growing as India grows its middle class. And if Tesla opened a Gigafactory in India and produced, let's say, 250,000 cars, that would put them in the number five spot. They would basically push Honda down and they would get about 5% market share. So my guess is that Tesla will open an Indian Gigafactory. And by the time it's up and running, it will be able to produce the Model 2, the $25,000 Tesla car. Hmm. That would be around 2026. The average selling price of a car in India as of last year is $13,400. Oh, so that's really low. It's really low. That's why I don't think they could come in with the Model 3 or the Model Y that would be, you know, three or four times more than the average. I mean, that's the average, though. And I think that they do sell a lot of much smaller, much cheaper cars in India than we're used to in, say, the United States, where, you know, the smallest cars you can get are still like hatchbacks. Right. So even though the Model 2 would be above average, it would also be cheaper to operate and it could be used as a robo taxi, greatly reducing traffic and air pollution in Indian cities. Elon did say that he would be visiting India next year and that Tesla would be coming to the market as fast as humanly possible. Okay well as fast as humanly possible would be importing cars yeah but you just can't with that tariff i mean you you can it's just wildly expensive i mean what if what if tesla did this And it's it's to push politically. What if they open up a showroom? What if they start opening up some superchargers and they start importing, say, model three performances with the lowish prices? Here's my guess. My guess is that the meeting with the prime minister went something like this. Hey, we'd like to come to your country, but show me that we're not going to be hit with all the red tape, because I think that's what Tesla's been finding right now. The Indian government is well known for. Well, the word red tape came from Indian government. It's the red ribbon they wrap around all the paperwork. Right. So I think he said, if you can show me that you can, you know, get rid of all that, we'll come to market. And my guess is he said, we're gonna try and open a whole bunch of superchargers, let's see how that goes first. So I think we should watch closely and see how quickly the supercharger network opens in India and that might be a kind of precursor to what's gonna happen. Hmm. Let us know what you think. We researched today's story about Tesla potentially coming to India using our sponsor Ground News. We're really happy to be working with Ground News and support their mission to inform the world by empowering readers to think freely about the issues of our times. With ground news, you can see the whole side of every story. Like the story about Elon's meeting with Prime Minister Modi, you can see that there were over 45 sources covering this. And you can see where those sources lie on the political spectrum. And the app and the website aggregate all the local and international sources in one place so you can compare headlines and read the full story without having to search multiple sites. Really cool that you can read local Indian newspapers about what just happened. What we love about Ground News is that they provide context into who owns each source and even how factual the reporting practices are. Ground News even goes out of their way to highlight stories that are being underreported by certain political affiliation on their blind spot feed. We've been following news about Tesla to get notifications on breaking stories that we might have otherwise missed. It's become one of our go-to resources on staying up to date and researching videos like these. Right now, you can subscribe for 30% off until July 5th for unlimited access to the Vantage subscription for as little as $5 a month. So check it out at ground.news/nyk. Just use our link before July 5th. Thank you to Ground News for sponsoring this episode. Well, we told you it wouldn't stop with Ford. And we were right. A week later, GM followed. Now, Rivian has announced that they have inked a deal with Tesla to allow their Rivian R1T and R1S vehicles to charge at the Tesla supercharging network starting next year. Existing Rivian owners like ourselves will need an adapter, but Rivian says they will start incorporating the Nax plug into their vehicles starting in 2025. But I mean, Rivian has their own high-speed charging network, the RAN or Rivian Adventure Network. Well... I mean, Rivian first announced their plans to build the RAN in 2019. So they've had years to build them. I mean, how many high speed locations do they have? 15. 15,000. Wow. No, Good for you, no, Rivian. No, no, what? no. 15, one, five. Rivian only has high speed charging locations in 15 spots. That's why Rivian needed this deal. That's why we needed this deal. You were going to take our Rivian R1T camping up to New Hampshire last week, right? Then you checked out a better route planner, and what happened? Um, I saw, okay, a fast charger, and then level two charger for three hours to get to the campsite. So did you take the Rivian? No. Okay, what car did you take? I took my Model 3, and I slept in the back with my dream case. All because there was what, a supercharger 20 minutes away. Literally 20 minutes away. And so like I had zero range anxiety. I got to my campsite with over 180 miles of range. I even turned on the AC in the middle of the night. Um, all of that stuff. Why? It wasn't because, you know, the Model 3 is perfect for camping. It's okay. <laughs> It's because of the Supercharger network. And uh, we're gonna talk about that more on the Investor Club bonus story this week because I've had another revelation about it and I wanted to share that with our uh, patrons. All right. Now we reported last week about how Rivian acquired Eternio, the parent company of A Better Root Planner. Last Thursday, Rivian confirmed the purchase in a press release and on Friday, our Rivian R1T had an update. And now, A Better Root Planner appears to be running in the navigation module, so I tried it out. uh, And so far, as Rivian says, it's just the first phase of a better route planner feature, so pretty basic. Uh, But I do like that you can now plan the trip on your phone using the Rivian app and then send it to your truck. And you can now choose the Tesla network as one of your preferred networks. Now, obviously at the moment, you can't charge at um, 99.9% of Tesla superchargers, um, even though as we reported this week, Rivian will be able to do that starting next year. So maybe for now, we're just talking about Tesla destination chargers? That's my guess. I don't know. Rivian still has some work to do to get all of the A Better Root Planner's cool features into the Rivian. And in my opinion, they threw this together quickly because I'm guessing the news came out before they were ready. Remember last mm. week? It wasn't an official press release. And to me, this shows Rivian's disadvantage. They are way slower on the draw than Tesla. It's baked into their culture, in my opinion. I agree. I think that they had plenty of time to be integrating this. Um, and the news was going to leak at some point. Somebody was going to figure out um, that attorney was was bought by Rivian. Um, and then we're all kind of like, OK, do the thing. And it's like, well, you can do it on your app. And it's like, that's not that's not even a quarter of the features of a better root planner. Yeah, I mean, you can choose which network, but. Um, it's so misleading because if you choose the Rivian network and then you go to look for your drive, (laughs) you won't find anything. Well, how many Rivian owners are like, I love my Rivian. I'm just going to choose Rivian network. That's (laughs) the only one I, oh, I can't get there. So cars.com released their 2023 American-made index. And for the third year in a row, Tesla is at the top of the list. The Model Y holds the top spot for the second year in a row, and for the first time ever, Tesla sweeps the index with all four current Tesla models taking the top four spots of the most American-made cars. So cars.com looked at 388 car models in total, and only 100 of them made it onto the index when judged by assembly location, parts content, engine origin, there's no engine, transmission origin, and US manufacturing workforce. So four EVs top the most American-made list. America! That's so cool to see. And we have to get the word out because, again, we are in a bubble, unfortunately. Most of the rest of the country still has no idea about Teslas and EVs. Well, maybe Tesla can use this American-made factoid in one of their upcoming commercials now that Elon is favorable to advertising. Hey, Americans, you want to buy an American-made car? Of course you do. You're a red-blooded American, aren't you? You got to buy a Tesla. They're the most American-made cars. America! America! You know what? Elon should wear a Tesla shirt when he is in the death match with Zuckerberg. (laughs) An American (laughs) Tesla shirt. Yes. The most American made. VW's ID4 is in the number six position. It's the only other EV on the list until you get down to the Ford F-150 Lightning at number 38. And it's cool to see the list changing with more EVs this year than last. Yeah, the 2022 list had 14 BEVs and PHEV models in total. This year, the list has 14 just in the top 60. Now, I didn't see Rivian on the list. Aren't they made in the U.S.? Yeah, I noticed that, too. Uh, Cars.com says the company's normal Illinois manufacturing plant makes the R1S SUV and R1T pickup truck. But because both vehicles lowest gross vehicle weight ratings exceed the eighty five hundred pound maximum required to comply with the American Automotive Labeling Act reporting, Rivian isn't subject to those regulations of sourcing. Wait a minute. The RT doesn't weigh 8,500 pounds. It doesn't weigh more, but it's gross vehicle weight. That means if you load it completely full, it mm-hmm. exceeds 8,500 pounds. The payload capacity, it's the gross vehicle weight, not oh. the what it normally is. Well, this is bad then. Why? Well, because next year when the Cybertruck comes out, which should be the most American pickup <laughs> truck, it won't make the list because it's heavy. Yeah, it's heavy and it'll be able to carry a lot. So I would assume that it's going to be over the 8,500 pounds. Uh, pounds or whatever yeah i mean uh, cars.com says the r1s and the r1t aren't alone the gmc hummer ev pickup exceeds class one weight limits and the hummer ev suv and chevrolet silverado ev likely will as well we've speculated the forthcoming ram 1500 rev and the tesla Cybertruck will end up that heavy too so why does weight have anything uh, to do with this that's so dumb it's all about the American Automotive Labeling Act report. Okay, well, which that's makes dumb. It very, it's like, well, do you care about things that are American? Well, too bad, it's too heavy. Tesla AI now has its own Twitter account. I don't know if it woke up one day and started a Twitter account or if a human from that department did. But either way, Tesla AI just tweeted that Tesla will start building its Dojo supercomputer in July. So at AI day in 2022, Tesla said they were planning to have the full cluster of Dojo by Q1 of this year. So they appear to be about six months behind schedule, but hey, this is hardware designed by Tesla. It's not just generic off the shelf Nvidia rigs. This thing is supposed to have 100 exaflops by next year. To give you some context, if you don't program supercomputers for a living, the most powerful supercomputer today, the Frontier Cray supercomputer can do 1.2 exaflops. And you just said it's going to do a hundred exaflops according to this chart by next year. So that's two orders of magnitude faster. This is another Tesla thing that I don't think many of us understand. Uh, Tesla will be able to take advantage of its insanely huge database from its fleet of millions of cars to process and train the neural nets when Dojo gets up to speed. We're going to talk more about this on PBS this week. So head on over to Patreon, help support us there and learn more. And if you like training computers, hit the like button. It would really help us out if you hit the like button. YouTube rewards creators that get their viewers to click the like button. So do it and it helps us. It's a stupid system, but it really makes a big difference. So we got lots of great footage of the Cybertruck last week. Franz took his sons to the first electrified cars and coffee event at the Peterson Automotive Museum oh wow that looks like fun that's franz driving the truck there yeah it was really nice of him to drop by and indulge the community and wow we learned quite a bit about the Cybertruck because everyone could get so close to it yeah this is a new version i think that this is a new version um we got to see the tonneau cover in action we got to see wait can you, you i just listen to the guy say what i was thinking which is that's
0: smooth and it works like the rivians hey
1: and it works unlike <laughs> the rivians <laughs> yeah uh it's so smooth also there's the the sub trunk area which is definitely not big enough for a spare tire yeah that's very interesting because a lot of companies were relying on that sub trunk to put stuff in like i'm thinking of Cyberlander, they're Mm. gonna put like i think a whole water pump system or something in a water tank that's kind of small yes but uh that's what you get to work with we also get to see the doors in action wait is that the door button yeah so it's a button you press the button the door pops out you pull the door open and that's how you get in But, I mean, of course, if the truck is going to be bulletproof, you don't want to put a handle there. It's going to be a weak spot Ah, for the bullets that are going to be pinging off your car all the time. Of course. Um, So, you know, you don't want that. Um, We also got to see the charging port. We got to see cameras, all the cameras that are around the car. I only saw one camera on the front bumper. It's offset from the center, and I think it's going to get really dirty. I wonder if this is an important camera or if this is just used for, like, that 3D vision when you're parking. Yeah, I'm not sure because... Obviously, that front camera could be used to see around corners if it's wide enough, Um, but it might just be for kind of that top down Mm. view when you're parking this huge truck. We also got to see the rear wheel steering. Yeah. And that's really going to come in handy. Um, And man, I can't wait for the Cybertruck. Well, I've got some good news for you. The Cybertruck was spotted on a plane bound for New Zealand. I love how that car cover is just stretched over because nobody makes a Cybertruck car cover yet. (laughs) Uh, But wait, how how do we know where it's going? Well, there it is being dropped off in New Zealand. What's it doing there? Winter testing. Here it is uncovered. Oh, I mean, good thing it's camouflaged. (laughs) Well, it's a good sign that they're winter testing. It's probably meaning that they have finalized the design because you don't bother to winter test unless you've got the final design. That's a good point. That's really exciting. Yeah, it is. And you know what else is exciting? Cybertruck production seems to be starting. So first of all, ace drone pilot Joe Tegmeyer spotted this at Gigafactory Austin last Friday. Wait, so what are we looking at? Those are two Gigapress machines. Oh, and I can already see some of their gigacastings up front. Oh, and if you think that's exciting, look at this. Whoa. They have stacks of giga castings. Yeah, so I think Elon might be right about his timing for once. Uh, September seems totally doable for first deliveries. So are they giga castings because they come out of the giga press or are they cyber castings because they're for the cyber truck? Giga cyber castings. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, I mean, it's cool to see the aluminum castings, but what about the stainless steel? Oh, you mean like this? (laughs) Man, what is going on? This is so awesome. How about a shot of the production line itself? Whoa. So, I mean, that's what it looks like without the stainless steel. Not really an exoskeleton since that's a intro skeleton. Yeah. this As we've talked about before, this isn't going to be an exoskeleton. Okay. Um, but, but does it really matter? No. And, I mean, there were three Cybertrucks spotted being towed around Stockton, California. So there are currently more Cybertrucks than have ever been on Earth. That's going to continue happening, my friends. <laughs> And we couldn't have brought you all of this amazing Cybertruck news without our sponsor, Cybertruck Owners Club. They had so much news out on Cybertruck this week. We had to stick some of it in the Patreon bonus stories because it wouldn't fit. Yeah, go check out their website. It's an awesome forum for future Cybertruck owners to share all of the latest news and information about Cybertruck. I love the discussion that they get into. It can be really insightful. Zach and I have another YouTube channel called Disruptive Investing. It's where we talk with CEOs and founders of companies that are disrupting the status quo. We just published an interview with the founder and CEO of an EV startup called Eli, and they're making this, a micro EV. It seats two, and we got a chance to drive it around Amsterdam on our latest trip. Yeah, Eli is actually making this EV, it's not vaporware. And this is our third time talking with Marcus Lee, the CEO, to find out how the company is doing. So I learn a lot when I meet smart people who not only have what it takes to start a company, but also have what it takes to keep a company going during really difficult times, like say, COVID, worldwide supply chain nightmares, and now really tight financial markets. If a company is still kicking, I wanna know how they're doing it. And Eli is crowdfunded. So it's a chance to see if it's worth getting in early. We hope you'll subscribe to Disruptive Investing for our weekly news show there. And so you don't miss out on interviews with the leaders of dozens of potentially disruptive companies. We love electric micromobility. There's something magical for me when I can move around quickly, quietly, and cleanly. I feel the wind in what's remaining of my hair. And I guess it kind of brings me back to when I was a kid riding my bike along the Charles River in Boston. You're talking about our other YouTube channel, Now Let's Review, right? This is where we show all kinds of reviews of e-bikes and e-scooters, like this week's review of the Glyon Dolly XL e-scooter. But you know, our job is about being honest and you deserve nothing less. Our goal for Now Let's Review is to make sure that you end up riding the product that fits you best and that you're gonna enjoy riding for years to come. And so we pride ourselves on calling it like we see it. Right, that's why we bought our Rivian R1T and our Ford F-150 Lightning, so we wouldn't be beholden to any manufacturer. And that's what we do with everything that we review. Many manufacturers want us to sign contracts that give them first look at our reviews, and you know what? We never sign them. So, if you want honest reviews of everything from EV chargers to electric motorcycles, go check out our Analyst Review Channel today. So, take this next story with a grain of salt. Uh, we want to keep you informed, but we don't really have confirmation of this yet. Yeah. So, according to Business Insider not my favorite publication, uh, where they cite a German business filing that says the shareholders of Wifirion intend to sell their shares in the company to Tesla International BV by means of a purchase agreement. So what is Wifirion? Is this a wife company? <laughs> no, fire. Fi- I don't know. Wiferion is a German wireless inductive charging company founded in 2016. Wiferion has reportedly raised $16 million to date and has deployed over 8,000 chargers so far. Neither Wiferion nor Tesla has commented on the deal as of the recording of our show. Okay, so this could make sense, right? We saw this photo displayed during Investor Day back in March when Rebecca Tanucci, Tesla's head of global charging infrastructure, displayed this slide. Yeah. If you look closely at the Tesla in the garage, it appears to be charging wirelessly. So Tesla could be buying Wifurion for some tech that they might have or some talent or both. And don't forget, Rebecca Tanucci was the CEO of EV Trans, a wireless charging startup in Richmond, Virginia, before Tesla hired her in 2018. So she knows a lot about wireless charging tech. We'll keep you in the loop as we learn more. But let us know what you think. Is Tesla buying a wireless charging company? And why? So Tesla got one back in 2010. Now, 13 years later, Ford is getting one. What? One what? What are you talking about? Remember when Tesla got that $465 million Department of Energy loan back in January of 2010? Uh, The one that Tesla used to develop the Model S and then paid back in full in 2013, nine years ahead of schedule? Yep. Well, the DOE's Loan Programs Office, or LPO, has just announced that Ford will be getting a 9.2 billion with a B dollar loan, the largest loan the U.S. government has given out since it bailed out big auto back in 2009. So what's the loan for? It's to help Ford build three battery factories in collaboration with SK Innovation, the South Korean company. One will be in West Tennessee next to Ford's assembly plant, and the other two are being built at Ford's new Blue Oval SK Battery Park in central Kentucky. Ford says the three factories should produce 129 gigawatt hours of battery cells annually once they're up and running at full capacity. Okay, so this sounds like a ginormous amount of money. So is Tesla offered uh, $9 billion loans to help them build out battery plants? Oh, Jesse, <laughs> dear naive Jesse. First of all, Tesla doesn't need the money because Tesla has $22.4 billion in cash as of March of this year. Secondly, look at this infographic from Bloomberg. It'll help you see the scale of these LPO loans during Obama's, Trump's and now Biden's presidencies. The LPO was created in 2005 to advance clean energy projects, and they have given out almost $33 billion in the last 14 years. So see that little green circle down there on the left? That was Tesla's $465 million loan that we just talked about. It's green because it was paid back from full. Now look at the lower right. That big yellow circle is Ford's new $9.2 billion loan, the biggest of its kind. It's about a third of the total loans in the past 14 years. You don't get a loan like that unless you're politically connected. So is Ford going to pay this back? In my opinion, no. No. Ford will be out of business long before they could even think of paying back this loan. I hope I'm wrong, but I think the U.S. taxpayers just gave South Korean uh, SK Innovation a really nice Christmas present. But I mean, Jim Farley thinks that they can turn things around and get to 8 percent EBIT margins by 2026 for Ford's Model E division. You mean the division that last quarter had a minus 102 percent margin and had three billion dollars in losses? Look, let us know what you think. I think that this was a bailout. I think this was a vote for Biden union uh, money. And I think that it's going to fail miserably because I think what you ended up doing was giving that money to SK Innovation to build three battery factories. Ford will go out of business or merge or whatever. And SK will be like, we got three American battery factories for free. (laughs) Thanks, U.S. taxpayers. (laughs) Love it or hate it. Do you know what the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act just did? It forced China's Ministry of Finance to extend their EV tax incentives, which were going to expire at the end of this year. However, now they're going to extend through 2027. So consumers in China will now be able to take advantage of EV tax breaks amounting to over $4,000 per vehicle to start. The amount of the incentive will decrease over the next four years. So in 2024 and 2025, the purchase tax exemption will be capped at 30,000 won or $4,179 per vehicle. In 2026 and 27, the purchase tax exemption will be capped at $15,001 or $2,000 per vehicle. To give you some idea how big this incentive program has already been, from 2014 when they started until the end of last year, the cumulative amount for Chinese consumers totaled $27.9 billion. And according to China's Vice Minister of Finance, Zhu Hongkai, the 2023 EV incentive alone would be worth $16 billion. Analysts expect that the extended EV tax incentive in China will help boost sales 15 percent this year and buy as much as 30 percent in 2024. Yeah. China had no other choice, really. I mean, the U.S. is giving out all this basically free cash to buy EVs and they kind of had to match it, even though they wanted to call it off. And so it's. not that like Chinese consumers would be like, oh, well, I'll just go to America to the United States. No, it's it's at the car manufacturers are going to go like, where are we going to put all of our battery investment? Exactly. Are we going to go to the U.S. where we're going to get this huge uh, incentives, lots of different incentives? Right. Or are we going to go to China? And so China had to be like,
0: okay, we'll give you
1: some incentives. Please stay here. Exactly. And hey, while we're adding automakers to the list of the NAX charging standard, let's add some U.S. states as well, shall we? How about Texas and Washington state? According to Reuters, both states last week announced that they want to require the Tesla plug be a part of state and federally funded EV charging sites in the future. At the moment, the federal government requires that at least four CCS chargers must be installed at each taxpayer funded charging site. Now, Tanya Buell, the Alternative Fuels Program Manager at Washington State's Department of Transportation, told Reuters the state may require that at least two or maybe all four of the chargers also support NACs. Texas made a similar announcement last Tuesday, saying Texas would also start requiring electric vehicle charging companies to use the Tesla standard in order to receive federal dollars. Texas's Department of Transportation told Reuters the decision by Ford, GM and now Rivian to adopt NACs changed requirements for phase one of Texas's rollout of a federally funded electrification program. You can see how important it was that Ford and GM and now Rivian have decided to do this. And what's dumb here is that we all here watching the channel knew how important NACS and the Supercharger Network was, but until the big boys joined in, uh, everyone was like, I don't think it's that important. And it shows how quickly stuff can change here. And, and how obvious this was for so many years where we were all in the Tesla world going like, yeah, the supercharger network should be the standard. And everyone was like, oh no, you can't do that. You just, you can't, that's not allowed. And the states will never go along with it. You know, and, and the, the federal government, you can't get them to change. You know, the CCS, that's a standard. That's a standard. It's not a good one, but it's a standard guys. It reminds me of high school. When you'd be into something for weeks or months or years and no one you know they made fun of you oh, look at his with sneakers <laughs> and then one day the cool kid wore the nikes yes. and it was like everyone wore yeah, them the next exactly. day and you're like i, I, I what <laughs> chinese manufacturer byd has delivered its first batch of 100 evs to mexico nice now which ev is that juan juan man they really pandering to the mexican market huh no 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 not juan juan you ever hear the story of how Chevy failed to sell a car in Mexico? It was the Chevy Nova, which in Spanish, Nova, no go. Oh, Nova. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, tell me more about Juan. Okay, it's the BYD Juan Plus. It costs 799,000 pesos or $46,500. Goes zero to 60 in 7.3 seconds. Has a 60 kilowatt hour battery, a range of 298 miles. That's NEDC, so think more like 250, and 80 kilowatt charging speed, not great. So it's more Leaf than Model Y. Although I'm not so sure Nissan is selling Leafs in Mexico, but used 2021 Leafs sell for nearly the same price. Okay, but a Model Y costs like $47,000, so I mean, how could the one possibly compete? Well, actually, a Model Y in Mexico costs 954,900 pesos. That's $55,600. And wait, that's a rear wheel drive unit. So a rear wheel drive in Mexico costs more than the dual motor in Estados Unidos. Yes. So that puts the one plus at a $9,100 price advantage. Hmm. So does the one compete in Mexico? I think BYD saw a place that they could compete and so they moved into that place because they're like, okay, the Juan's really not going to compete in the US, but it will compete here in Mexico. And do you think that they're going to change the Y to a J? <laughs> I just think it's great marketing. Everyone named Juan in Mexico is probably going to want. <laughs> I got a car named after me. <laughs> hey, if you'd like to share any of the stories that you see on this channel, but you don't want to share the entire episode because then you'd have to tell them like, wait until the 36th minute. Go to our Now You Know Clips channel. There we chop them into little bite-sized clips, make them easy to share. All right, it's time for Into the Future. Sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. Now, we've talked a lot about the Henson Shaver. It's Mm -hmm. super precise. It's just the most amazing thing. I think that a lot of people get a little intimidated When they start to hear about it they think that they need to be like a fighter pilot in Mm. order to shave um you don't that's what held me off you don't it's very simple it's you're just shaving it's just that the the razor itself is miles ahead of the competition so in in other words if you can do it if i can do it uh you can do it you shouldn't be afraid of shaving with this thing it's it's Honestly, it's my favorite thing that I've ever used. Yeah, I mean, face. you're addicted to it. So uh, use our code now you know you'll get 100 free blades when you check out at hensonshaving.com. Escape into the past. Um, I'm sorry uh, this week to have to redo the intro for this segment. And I'm, I think I want to call it into the past, not into the future. Wait, what, why? This is into the future. Mm, OK, well, so starting on July 1st, if you live in the state of Iowa and you drive an electric car, you will have to start paying a second tax. There's already a $130 a year registration fee for EVs in Iowa. Yeah, but starting next week, when you pull into an EV charging station, Iowans will have to pay an additional 2.6 cents per kilowatt hour tax when charging. So do gas cars also have to start paying this additional tax? No, gas cars just pay once. They currently pay a gas tax of about 8%, whereas this electricity charge is about an 18% tax. But now I've read that some people are pointing out that on a per mile basis, the electricity tax comes out to about 0.8 cents per mile for an EV and 1.2 cents per mile for a gas car. So the gas car still has it worse in Iowa. That's just because EVs are about four times more efficient than the gas cars. So basically we're punishing EVs because they're more efficient. And that, again, doesn't count the fact that EVs also get hit with a $130 year registration fee. So this electricity tax gets charged at EV chargers. Um, Do EV owners have to pay it at home? Luckily, no. Although in many counties of Iowa, there's also a local option, 1% surcharge on electricity for the additional utility costs to support EVs. So in essence, this also is an EV tax. But let's be honest. Road taxes are to pay for? Roads. Right. And what damages the roads the most? Uh, Ice. Okay, what? Human thing damages the most trucks. Okay. the weight of a semi truck does roughly 10,000 times more damage than the average passenger car and semis drive more miles too. Right. And only 40 percent of Iowa's roads get paid for by the gas tax. 60 percent is paid for by other sources that Iowans already pay for. So by placing this unfair burden on EV drivers who are driving the cleanest cars, you're essentially showing your hand politicians in Iowa. You are trying to slow down EV adoption because your fossil fuel handlers are getting worried. Iowans, if you're watching, whether you drive an EV now or not, soon you will be. So don't stand for this double standard. Contact your representatives, tell them to knock it off, or you'll vote them out. All right, it's time for Going Green. So we've been telling you that EVs will take over the auto market faster than anyone thinks for years, right? And I'll bet that many of you have been skeptical. I like these two, they've got spunk, but I think they might be wearing some rose-colored glasses when it comes to EVs taking over anytime soon. And I get it, it's hard to see S-curves when you're down near the flat part of the S. But now, well, now we're gonna get into the fun part of the S, and even the big boys are starting to see what's happening. Take Bank of America, for instance. In their latest annual Car Wars report, they said that they expect EVs to represent, get this, 26% of total US auto sales, by 2026. That's just three years from now. I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? We've been telling everyone for years that this is going to happen and now it's happening. And now you say that you don't know. No, no, no. I, I think the Bank of America is right about the EV market share part. Um, it's this next part that I disagree with. Okay. They say in the report, quote, Tesla's dominance in this still nation market segment may be coming to an end. It will remain an important factor. So the report forecasts that Tesla's market share will fall from a peak of 78% in 2018 to about 18% by the end of 2026. They say that Tesla will remain the most significant player in the U.S. EV market, but Ford, GM, and Stellantis are projected to be the biggest share gainers. So let me get this straight. Bank of America thinks that both Ford and GM will have a 14% EV market share. Stellantis will have eight. Honda, Honda will have. Look, Honda will have four. Look, Where do they think these Ford, GM, and Stellantis EVs are gonna come from in the next three years? The Stellantis fairy. You've been good little children, so in exchange for your teeth, I'm granting you an electric vehicle. (laughs) The Stellantis fairy gives out EVs to children now? It's a good (laughs) present. So look, and this is the problem so many analysts have. They now see the writing on the wall. They see that EV sales are going to continue to grow exponentially, but they can't wrap their heads around where they're gonna come from. So just do the math, Bank of America, 18% of EV market share, which is what they say Tesla will have in 2026, that's about 900,000 cars. Tesla is already almost at that run rate now in the US. So you're telling me, Bank of America, that Tesla is going to stay flat while in the next three years, GM, Ford, and Stellantis are going to somehow build 1.8 million EVs. Even though last year, GM sold, how many was it? It was uh, 30, 39,000 Right, which is not anywhere close.
2: (laughs) Not even close,
1: bud. Even a little bit. But wait, Ford, how many did they sell last year? Oh, oh, Ford, they sold uh, 61,000 and Stellantis sold 6,000. So So, just add that all up, that's um, that's 106,575. How many did Tesla sell last year in the US? Tesla sold uh, 590,000 cars in the US last year. OK, so you're telling me, Bank of America, that GM, Ford and Stellantis are going to somehow be able to make and sell one point seven million more EVs than they just met made in the next three years. Tesla has two gigafactories here in the U.S. pumping out Tesla's and a third one that'll be online in Mexico by 2026. And to your point, Bank of America said in the report last year that Tesla's market share would drop to 11 percent by 2025. Yeah. Do you see what they're doing every year? They're just changing the numbers, uh, trying and make the numbers work look sorry i meant for this to be positive like a going green instead i let moronic analysts get the best of me but sorry. i mean i mean hey if 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 uh, gm ford and Stellantis are going to make <laughs> 1.7 more uh, million evs on top tesla's of what on make, top of what tesla's gonna make it'll be do, more than 26 percent. 26 is gonna look like nothing exactly so good luck <laughs> good good luck <laughs> all right it's time for sunspots So when all you seem to be getting lately is bad news on your newsfeed, it's nice to have some good news, right? Let's go to the Sinu River Basin in Cordoba, Colombia, where California-based Norea Energy have helped develop this 1.5 megawatt floating solar project called Aquasol, the largest of its kind in South America. So this 2800 solar panel system is built at the 340 megawatt Ura hydropower plant. This new solar farm will generate 2400 megawatt hours of power in its first year. So given that the average Colombian household uses about 1400 kilowatt hours of electricity per year, that's enough to power about 1800 households annually in Colombia. And I just wanna point out how little space this takes up. So look at this reservoir. That solar farm is about one acre. Now, it's hard to get a sense of scale, but the reservoir is huge. It covers 37,000 acres. So if you built a solar farm that covered just one tenth of this reservoir, you would generate 8.8 terawatt hours of electricity. That's enough to power 6.5 million homes or almost half of the country of Colombia. So floating solar is going to be a big part of the solution since most of the Earth is covered by water. Yeah, and most humans don't live on water unless you live in a houseboat. So it's like we have all this unused territory and solar panels are great actually because they shade the water, which means they keep the temperature lower and they keep it from evaporating as fast. Which is good on reservoirs. Yeah. And if you'd like to become your own small energy provider, talk to the team at Energy Pal. They are the solar and battery experts that can help you go solar for less. Just tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. The link is down below. All right, it's time for video contributor stories. We need your stories. Send them in to us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Make them two minutes or less. Shoot them in the landscape with good audio, no music. And let's see what we got this week. Ray sent us in this story about an electric autonomous lawnmower that he found in Bedok Town Park, which is in the east of Singapore.
2: Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Ray from Singapore. I'm cycling on the Labor Day afternoon in the Bedok Town Park. Look at what I found. This is an electric automower. It is being charged here. I believe it is taking care of this piece of land. I estimated the size is about 3,000 square meters. I wonder how much diesel and manpower it could save and how widely it is used in Singapore, but I definitely like this idea. Kudos to the team behind this project. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you so much, Ray. I totally agree with you. I think we're going to see more and more of these pop up because they're awesome. They just do their job quietly and efficiently. I mean, it's better than having the giant utility pickup truck show up with the giant noisy trailer. And then you get the, you know, 17 dudes with the leaf blowers Mm -hmm. and the lawnmowers. And they keep everything running the whole time. the whole time. Got to keep my cab cool. You're like, oh, I'll go to the park today. And then you're like... (laughs) All right. time for our Patreon bonus stories. Remember, you can support the show and for as little as a buck a month, go over there and see all of our Patreon bonus stories. And plus this week we've got Disruptive Investing over on that channel. Which is free. And we've got the Investor Club bonus stories that you can see if you want to become an Investor Club member, which is great if you want to make money. So yeah, head over to Patreon and help us out. See you there. All right. We're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for a poll this week. What was it? When will Highland Model 3s be shipped to customers? I love this because our patrons are usually right. What did they say? Look at this beautiful bell curve. Oh, so it's close between September and by the end of the year. So we're so- thinking maybe October, huh? Okay. huh? October in Austin. Sounds good. Okay. So maybe right after we pick up our Cybertruck. Yeah. Just in time for Halloween. Nice. A lot of people are going to be... Spooky. All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. And Peter Diamantis said a good way to understand exponentials. One million seconds was 11 days ago. One billion seconds was 1992. One trillion seconds ago was 31,000 BC. Elon said as measured by the first writing, civilization has existed for only one millionth of the Earth's existence. So just to put it all in perspective for you. Joe Rogan says, this is a non-answer. I challenged you publicly because you publicly, quote, tweeted and agreed with that dog Vice article. If you're really serious about what you stand for, you now have a massive opportunity for a debate that will reach the largest audience. And this, of course, about Peter Hotez, who is debating Joe and RFK about COVID and stuff. And so uh, basically, Elon said he's afraid of a public debate because he knows he's wrong. Joe Biden says it's about time the super wealthy start paying their fair share. Elon says, please give him the password so he can do his own tweets. Please, I'm begging you. And then Elon went on to say, in all seriousness, I agree that we should make elaborate tax avoidance schemes illegal, but acting upon that would upset a lot of donors. So we will see words, but no actions. Those who will actually be forced to carry the burden of excess government spending are the lower to middle income wage earners as they cannot escape payroll tax. Farzad said Elon Musk, Joe Rogan and RFK Jr. doing more to dismantle Big Pharma than any politician in the history of the United States combined. I wonder if any of the politicians that are constantly crying about Big Pharma's role in picking up this country will come to their defense. Elon says, to be frank, we're lucky to have modern medicine. I'd be dead of malaria if not for chloroquine and doxycycline. But we should still question medicine rather than considering it sacred. The entire foundation of science is to question it, thereby coming closer to the truth. Any scientist who refused to be questioned is anything but. John Ehrlichman tweeted about the average cost of one gigabyte of storage. (laughs) Tasmanian says the Republic of Rwanda government provides SpaceX Starlink internet to the first 50 schools out of a 500. Alan says cool. And 50 schools across Rwanda are now connected with Starlink High Speed Internet. And as of today, 18,000 young Rwandans are waking up to more opportunities because of Starlink. Because, yeah, you think 50 schools and you think, well, that's nothing. But there's hundreds of kids at each school. John Ehrlichman tweeted this out. Streaming revenue as a percentage of total music industry revenue. Wow. <laughs> that was fast. That was fast. Wall Street Silver says maybe we should all have accounting errors in our favor when filling out our taxes. And uh Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Holmars catalog says, wow, extremely impressed with Tesla's full self-driving beta 11.4.4. Feels very smooth and refined. Very noticeable improvements from the last build. Wasn't expecting much, but this is a significant step forward so far. Elon said they are actually much more than point releases, but the team is reserving 11.420 for the big one. And Dirty Tesla said, I wonder if FSD beta 11.420 is finally bringing ASS. And that means actually smart summon. Elon says, Hopefully. Tesla owner Silicon Valley says, FSD beta 11.4.4 is crazy good. Can't believe the rate of improvement. Elon said, yep. The next few versions of FSD will be like watching the future unfold before our eyes. Elon said, it will feel like magic. He went on to say, you can now watch X Twitter video on a big TV if you swipe diagonally from the upper right of your phone and tap the screen mirroring. Future releases will make this easier. I tried Elon, but it didn't work on my Android. No, uh, it's because you have an Android. <laughs> Mario now Fall says Meta to release Twitter rival called Threads. Not making this up. Meta, the same company that copied Snapchat, TikTok, stumbled upon and so forth, began coding Project 92 three months after Elon acquired Twitter. K.W. Markov said, better be careful, Elon. I heard he does the jujitsu now. And Elon says, I'm up for a cage match if he is. And, uh... <laughs> And this is going to lead to more tweets, by the way. Uh, Elon says, I'm sure Earth can't wait to be exclusively under Zuck's thumb with no other options. At least it will be sane. Was worried there for a moment. James Lyons Wheeler says, wow, YouTube is in deep trouble. You cannot censor a political candidate. Wow. And this is because RFK has basically been taken off of YouTube. Elon says, illustrates why YouTube needs competition. Tim Pool says, YouTube is once again actively interfering in U.S. elections. And uh, Elon said, people have no idea how much they censor usually in subtle ways. Mike Solana says there's no such thing as internet service several miles underneath the ocean. Snopes is a viciously partisan and fake as any conspiracy subreddit I've ever encountered. And that's because Snopes was saying this week that somehow Starlink had something to do with that sub disappearing. And Elon said Snopes is a con. Jason Calacana says, I'm not anti pharma, but I am pro transparency. How much money do The New York Times, CNN, NPR, Public Radio, Fox News each make from pharma advertising? What percentage of their overall revenue is it? Has it ever resulted in editorial pressure? Americans deserve to know. Elon tweeted they claim to have a wall between news and advertising, but reporters know full well who butters their bread. For example, there were nonstop bogus articles about electric cars on fire, even though they're 500 to 1000% less likely to burn than combustion engine cars. As soon as the big car companies started advertising electric vehicles, those articles mysteriously disappeared he went on to say this is not to say that reporters in most western countries are simply coin operated they will defend their independence to the death as acknowledging it at all would diminish their credibility but it is also false foolish to suggest that there is no influence Rand paul says the good news is that ukraine caught their highest judge hiding some of his more than two million dollars in bribes in pickle jars the bad news is that ukraine consistently ranked as one of the most corrupt nations on the planet still has high-ranking officials robbing it blind and Elon said, Some accounting of how American taxpayer money is being spent sure sounds like a reasonable request. Tesla owner Silicon Valley said, Exponential improvement coming to FSD beta once Dojo is up and running. And again, that is the 100 exaflops that they're hoping to reach uh, by 2024. And Elon said, I should clarify that Dojo version 1 is highly optimized for vast amounts of video training versus general purpose AI. Dojo V2 will address these limitations. Hmm. Wall Street Silver said Mark Zuckerberg just accepted Elon's invite for a cage match. Choose your fighter. Elon at six foot two versus Zuck at five foot eight. Yeah, but I would remind you, Zuck is 39 and Elon is 52 or 53. So there's an age difference. There's also a weight difference. There is. <laughs> this uh, is a big difference. Wall Street Silver says Joe Rogan could be referee. I think I'd prefer to have him be the commentator. I would prefer him to be uh, Elon's trainer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unusual whales is Breaking. Mark Zuckerberg of Meta says he is ready to fight Elon Musk of Tesla in a cage match per The Verge. Elon said this would be hilarious. Then a whole bunch of cool tweets from Tesla AI, which we cover on Patreon bonus this week. You have to see the video to understand it. And Elon said, this is pretty cool. We can generate surround car video and command the car from text prompts. Now TeslaFi says, so does Dojo come online next month? Elon said it has been online and running useful tasks for a few months. Double Cap Crimpin says when pothole detection avoidance. Elon says, ah, yes, that is coming. We prioritize safety before convenience. Elon said, I almost never work out except for picking up my kids and throwing them in the air. May Musk, Elon's mom, says, actually, I canceled the fight. I haven't told them yet, but I will continue to say the fight is canceled just in case. And Elon (sighs) laughed. Tesla owner of Silicon Valley says Tesla is an AI company, one of the biggest hidden secrets. Elon says Tesla AI, both software and hardware, is far more advanced than even most experts realize. I think it's really smart, actually, of Tesla just naming the things that they do, Mm -hmm. because before it was like, we have the supercharger network, but we're not going to tell you about it, even though they tried, but as soon as they call it Nax, it gets adopted. Now they have Tesla AI as a thing, so that way people can be like, "Oh, it's a thing. I didn't know about it before, but now that they called it a name, I can see it." Omar Scalex says, "These are the most powerful supercomputers in the world. The biggest is 1.2 exaflops. Tesla is aiming for 100 exaflops of training compute by the end of 2024." Elon said, and much more than that in cumulative inference compute in vehicle. Elon wanted to say actually smart auto wiper software release in about three weeks. That's what everyone's waiting for. (laughs) Our patented actually smart summon is probably a month or two after that. Wow. These are two big things, actually. Mm -hmm. Alex Heath says, I've confirmed that Mark Zuckerberg is serious about fighting Elon Musk and is now waiting on the details if Musk decides to follow through. The story speaks for itself. A meta spokesperson says regarding Zuck's Instagram post saying, send me location. Elon says, Vegas Octagon. He went on to say, I have this great move that I call the walrus, where I just lie on top of my opponent and do nothing. He went on to say, the most entertaining outcome is the most likely. Peter Diamante says MoGaudot predicts AI will be 1 billion times more intelligent than humans by 2045. Would you agree? Elon said digital compute will vastly exceed biological. But I still think there's merit to us as a fallback if the computers fail. Elon retweeted Starlink's post after ice severed a fiber optic cable in the Arctic Ocean, cutting internet and cell service across northern Alaska. The Starlink team has been coordinating with the state of Alaska, various local governments and native communities to help provide connectivity where it's needed most. And Tesla Synopsis says, Dana White said he talked to both Elon and Mark Zuckerberg, and they both are dead serious about this fight. If it happens, it will break all MMA records. And Dana did say it would be the biggest fight ever. And I agree. (laughs) Good for Dana White, man. That's awesome. Then Desmond Oliver says, if this happens, I made a compare chart. It's going to be a close fight. Um, But I don't think they have on the chart is the age. There's a big age difference. I don't know if it makes a difference. But Elon said accurate. It's a big weight difference. <laughs> I think is the big one. I love owns a home. <laughs> <laughs> and then this tweet about um, Elon having trained in judo. He said, true, although very dated now, I've trained in judo, kaiokushin, full contact and no rule street fighting. So which are they going to use, do you think? Uh, it's it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. There's no, like from what I know of fighting That's it. It's going to be jujitsu. And Zuck knows jujitsu. So hopefully the walrus works out for Elon. Tesla Synopsis says Elon is the captain of money allocation. I strongly believe he is the first trillionaire on Earth. That's if he survives the fight. (laughs) Elon said money allocation is the easiest part of my job, essentially trivial. If money could solve problems, the government would be accomplishing wonders. Dan Carlin says trying to get up to speed on what's gone on in Russia while I was sleeping. Crazy the speed at which events can move when they ramp up, isn't it? And uh, yeah, there's a lot of news on Twitter about the whole coup. Shibatoshi Nakamoto said this Russian military coup plot is worse than the ending of the Game of Thrones. Elon says, I suspect there'll be a few more episodes to go. How can you tell if you're an NPC or a main character? Elon says, the complexity of your dialogue tree... And Elon said uh, this just kind of by himself this week, uh, important to note that what happens on Earth's service, e.g. farming has no meaningful impact on climate change. Overwhelmingly, the risk of climate change is due to moving billions of tons of carbon from deep underground into the atmosphere. Over time, if we keep doing this, the chemical makeup of our atmosphere will change enough to induce meaningful climate change. E.g. why we need to do solar in cars, EVs. Uh, and then he said, here we go again. I wake up, there's another PSYOP. All right, it's time for community mail time. Can Remember, share your stories, your videos, and your photos with us at hello at now you know What do we got? Marco spotted this Neo battery swap station near the Tesla supercharger in Emsburn, Germany. Dell sent us this picture of a Faraday future driving in the San Fernando Valley in California. Wow, they made one. <laughs> this is the first one we've seen in the real world it might be just a under a (laughs) nissan leaf underneath andrea spotted this audi e-tron gt at art at art Basel in switzerland dave sent us these pictures of him using his 2019 model 3 to transport these eight foot long two by ten boards that he used to build a deck nice it's a utility vehicle Christopher spotted this VinFast VF8 driving on the 405 in Los Angeles. Sam spotted this Pang P7 and G9 charging at a station in Denmark. Wally sent us this picture of a wrapped Model Y in Vancouver, British Columbia. That's cool. Larry spotted this Ford F-150 Lightning in Ontario being used by CAA, which which is Canada's version of AAA. Martin sent us a picture of this Volvo FM electric semi-truck they saw in Sweden. And Roger sent us this picture of three Tesla Model 3s and a Ford Mach-E parked outside an AT&T store in Florida. Thank you so much for sending us community mail time. I love those. All right, it's time for Supercharged Reviews. Let's see what we got out there in the world.
0: What's up, Zach and Jesse? Boff again. We are on our way from California to Florida, our first stop of day four at... Uh, the Supercharger in Ozana, Texas. This is a six stall Supercharger. It does 150 kilowatts. We're doing 75 right now. We're not sharing with anyone. It's just kind of going slow. As you can see, there's obviously not a whole lot here going on except for this Lakita in that it's attached to. It's also not tower friendly, so unless the supercharger is pretty much completely empty, it's gonna be tough to pull in, and even then you're gonna have to block at least two stalls to do so without unhooking your trailer or whatever it is you're hauling. There's actually plenty of space to maneuver here. Even if all the parking spots were, were to be filled, you could actually maneuver here pretty good because of this area, this, which is where we put our trailer. Um, So for that reason, if you're a Tesla that's towing or a Tesla that's not towing, I'd give this a five out of 10. Now you know.
2: Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Scott at the Tucson, Arizona supercharger installation at exit 273 on Interstate 10 on South Rita Road. There are 10 version three superchargers conveniently located in the parking lot of a Pilot gas station. Trash can right next to the superchargers. There are 10 version 2 superchargers. Swing around here. You can walk over and grab a windshield washer squeegee from the gas gas pumps. Burger King, Pilot Convenience Store, Subway, open 24 hours a day, at least the convenience store. I'm gonna rate this one six out of 10 on the new Jesse scale. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Rick and Billy here, charging my Model 3. Brand new 16 stall, 250 kilowatt Tesla supercharger in Robertsdale, Alabama. This is in the Bucky's parking lot on I 10. It's at mile marker 49. If you're unfamiliar with Bucky's, it's an enormous gas and diesel station that sells everything. There's coolers here, there's clothes, there's food, they sell chairs. They sell whatever you want. If you want a cooker, you can buy that here. They're finally getting into uh, electric. I think because Tesla superchargers are everywhere, they're all 10 out of 10. So I give this a 10 out of 10. And I agree. It's a great place. Bucky's, pretty big gas station based out of Texas. About 20,000, 50,000 square feet. About the size of a little Walmart, I reckon. But um, it's about 30 minutes north of the beach. Major tourist area, so a big plus being here. I'd probably give it a 12 out of 10. There you go. So okay. now you know.
0: Our chalic here in Wallace, North Carolina, at the eight stall 250 watt uh, kilowatt uh, supercharger. It is, uh, the sign says here, powered by the mad dog or mad boar. Uh, restaurant which is right across the way there probably a nice place to eat but not open because it's 8 30 in the morning Uh, across the uh, road over there there is a uh, store where you probably get some snacks but there are uh, clean restrooms uh, back here in the inn so I give this uh, seven out of ten now you know
1: awesome I really do like that a lot of you are starting to adopt a more Jesse scale. Well, you know, it's like a five is good, yeah. you know, and then, and then once we get into the higher ones, it's like, oh, I, I should stop there. Yeah. You know? No, I think it's just so many people get to a supercharger and they're just so happy. They just want to give it an eight. It's very true. All right. Let's see what we got for new superchargers in the world. We got number 57 in North Carolina the 12 stall in Wilmington at North College Road, North Carolina. We got the three stall in Foshan, China. The two stall, 120 kilowatt at Lugu Lake in China. Yeah, but it's it the once in a lifetime resort. So, I mean, it's, wow. it's got to be good. Once in a we got the three stall in Anshan in China. The 24 stall at Montabaur, Germany. Number 26 in Wisconsin is the 16 stall in Fitchburg, Wisconsin. Number 24 in Minnesota is the 12 stall in Egan, Minnesota. The 16 stall in Laguna Hills, California. Number 49 in Illinois is the 20 stall at Lake Moore, Illinois. Number 77 in Taiwan is the 7th stall in Mioli, Taiwan. Number 15 in Kansas is the 8th stall at Russell, Kansas. Number 35 in Oregon is the 8th stall in Bend. Number 175 in Germany is the 8th stall in Hanau, Germany. Number 74 in Japan is the 4th stall in Taki. Number 13 in Delaware, wow, it's a lot in a tiny state, Mm. is the 8th stall at Rehoboth Beach at Coastal Highway, Delaware. Number 14 in New Zealand is the three stall in Papaparaumu, New Zealand. Number 31 in Nevada is the 12 stall in Reno at Element Lane. Number 363 in California is the 12 stall at Newport Beach. The three stall in Nanjing, China. The three stall in Zhengzhou, China. The six stall in Wuxi, China. The three stall in Shaoyi, China. The three stall in Weihai, China. And number 1727 in China, number 5194 in the world, is the sixth stall in Suzu, China. Wow. And uh, I wanted to tell you guys about a little something we're bringing back to the show. Yes. uh, EV tips, tricks, and hacks. Yeah. So if you drive an EV, then you know better than anyone about how EVs work, what makes them work better, We are looking to revive our EV tip of the week segment to help people enjoy their EV experience. So whether you figured out something in terms of charging or road tripping or sleeping in your car, camping accessories, saving money, saving time, we wanna know about it so that way we can share it. So you can either write it or email us or record yourself a minute or less, landscape, good audio, no music. Send it to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com because we wanna, you know, in the beginning of the show, we did that. And we thought like, okay, everyone knows everything but it's not true there's so many new viewers and there's so many new ideas and And so many new products and accessories so let us know about all that stuff so we can share it on the show because I just think it makes the whole EV experience better when we all know those tips and life hacks and I want to thank these people here these are our patrons they support the show I know you probably think well you're just rich famous YouTubers and you can do whatever you want no we can't Uh, YouTube just keeps going you know what How about less money? Yeah, more for us. Um, And that's probably why we're going to go to Twitter soon as well, because Twitter seems to be inviting creators. And uh, if you want good content you have someone has to pay for it yeah so um uh, thank you patrons thank you these people because these people make it possible if you want to become one of these people head over to patreon right now and support us for as little as a buck a month and you'll get to see all of our bonus stories you can find all these other cool perks including mugs including t-shirts so i urge you to go over there and if you would just take a moment hit the like button and subscribe we'll see you next time now, now you know, you know.